This episode brought to you by Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic. I remember it so you don't have to. And welcome to a brand new segment. Maybe. I don't know. Might be a one-off. Until I ADD to something else. It's bumper to bumper. With streaming becoming more and more popular, there's a lost art to the creative presentation of TV bumpers. They're the intros, outros, station IDs, and just filler material in between commercials that give a channel its identity. And the same way I enjoy commercials, the same way I enjoy the underappreciated work that went into a lot of these. They were like a testing ground for short, but also new, experimental, and even artistically pleasing vignettes. It helped give the channel a uniform, something you'd recognize as uniquely theirs. I feel like it's a dying art and I want to put some focus on the ones I remember most. With that said, it probably goes without saying, but Cartoon Network has some pretty great ones. Launched in 1992, you would think the identity of a channel called Cartoon Network would be easy to come up with. But when there's such a wide range of animated gold, both classic and modern, it can be a little tricky. Thankfully though, the team that put them together utilized the sense of humor of its modern cartoons like Powerpuff Girls and Johnny Bravo, with the spirit of its classic cartoons like Flintstones and Tom and Jerry. The result was something that felt adult and new, but also child-friendly and familiar. I'll admit when Cartoon Network really started taking off, I was probably the wrong age to really be into it, but I did check it out from time to time. I liked seeing classic shorts like the Looney Tunes, got into one or two of the newer shows like Dexter's Lab, but I'll be honest, my favorite thing about it was the bumpers. It's not like today where you can just look them all up on YouTube, you had to watch the shows, get through the commercials, and when one finally popped up, it kind of felt like you found hidden treasure, like a little moment that was made for you and maybe just a select few other people, because they really were well put together. Now keep in mind, I'm not going to be able to cover all the bumpers, IDs, intros, outros, etc. over the years as A, I didn't see them all, and B, there's just way too many. I'll go over the ones, though, that I feel really helped give Cartoon Network the identity we all associate with it today. Starting with this first one, with Droopy introducing the channel. Hello, folks. Welcome to the world's first and only Cartoon Network. It does show very early on they had an identity of what they wanted the channel to look like and be about. And it kept pretty consistent. At last, the Cartoon Network. Home sweet home. I'm so happy. The first one I was introduced to, though, was the Wonder Twins. Hi, I'm Zan. And I'm Jaina. And we're the Wonder Twins. I didn't even know who these characters were. I guess I didn't watch enough Super Friends. But they were a brother and sister duo that could transform. Which sounds pretty cool, but one could transform into any animal, and the other into any type of water. Yes, water. I am dead serious. Wonder Twin powers activate. Shape of an ice gondola. What? <laughs> I actually thought they made these two up for the bumper because the power was so lame. This couldn't be an actual hero. So before you go and try to mutate into an algorithm tiger or a giant bucket of ice water. But this was totally a thing and the brother calls him out on it. How come I always change into something lame like a wave or a puddle? This isn't the time or the place to get into this. Don't worry, man. I know someone that can teach you some moves. Not only is the idea funny, but the sister's voice coming out of this tiger is hilarious. 
Zan, relax. I could get beaten by a sponge. Wouldn't even have to be an evil sponge. <laughs> and the fact that the janitor uses the brother to mop the floor? Hey! This is some S-tier humor. One that got played a lot with Shaggy and Droopy driving while saying the dialogue from Pulp Fiction. With their own spin on it, of course. Know what they call pound puppies in Paris? They don't call them pound puppies. Nah, they don't have pounds in France. They have the metrics. They call them less puppies well. Good God, that is ingenious writing. Seriously, this is like Simpsons and Pixar writing at their peak, and it's used for a minute of screen time people aren't even scheduling to watch. Think about that, they're watching this on their way to the program they're really tuning in for. They didn't have to put this kind of effort into it. Yeah, and in Morocco, Morocco Mole is just called Mole. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Casey Kasem reprising his role as Shaggy as well. Which works because his voice is older and more mature, and they're giving him dialogue that sounds older and more mature. To a point where I swear it kind of sounds like Saul Goodman. It's like this. Cartoon Network's the same in those countries as it is here. Except for little differences. Shay Goodman. I know that's gotta be Kasem in this sidekick promo though. Where a bunch of animated second bananas meet up to try and convince people of their importance. We may not get the best lines, but we move the story along. Porky Pig had a full-fledged career as a star going, and he really only started doing his best work as a sidekick. That's actually true, too. Were they, like, really strict on the quality of these promos, or did they just really like making them? We're there to make the stars look better, and that's a responsibility that we don't take lightly. It has a good ending, too, with the <clears throat> sidekick of Cow and Chicken showing up. I ain't supposed to be here. I'm not a sidekick. I'm a co-star. My name is in the title for crying out loud. Eh, if there's an and in front of your name, you're usually the sidekick. Another one that got a lot of play that also starred Chicken is this parking lot promo. Cartoon Network keeps adding stars without adding parking space. Chicken, Fred Flintstone, this guy I always thought was He-Man, but I guess his name Thundar? With two R's? Because Epic? Are having trouble finding parking. Reserve for Papa Smurf. Can no leader go undated? Okay, Papa Smurf needing that large a space already cracks me up. Space Ghost offers his spot, but remembers he flew into work. Silly me. Oh, brother. However, one is spotted just as Scoob Racer spots it. All right, boys, I need your foot power to help me gun it. And this contrast of different cartoon sounds always gets me. <laughs> the Judy Jetson crashes into speed, resulting in them never finding a spot. That does I'm gonna start tanking the bust away. Are you sure? It did eat Dino and didn't leave any bones. Fred shows up in another one where he's denied service at a gas station by a character that I could be wrong, but I guess is probably wouldn't fly today. I can't sell you flip-flops. No server. So you're saying I can't buy shoes because I don't have shoes? And you, Blue Dog, no pets. He sounds just like my karate instructor. It is funny, though, as he bands together with other cartoons to try and get somewhere. Can I get some service, please, sir? Horseshoes, that's not shoes. These are horseshoes. Horseshoes! And you have to have pets. That sign doesn't say pants. We have a naked Fred Flintstone on a bumper for a kid's network. This is too much right. If you're an uptight parent that's offended by this, keep in mind Weasel's head could have been even more suggestively placed. Well, I gotta use the bathroom. I feel like these writers knew if you just take characters with strong personalities and put them in random situations, the writing kind of takes care of itself. 
Take this bit where a newcomer from Sheep in the Big City, who I guess wouldn't be a newcomer for long, tries to make friends in the cartoon Tyria. First day? <laughs> Stick to your own kind. Whoa! Segregate tune is a thing, I guess. We see a bunch of tables with similar types. I always wondered what to make of Fred sitting at the girls' table. Hey, gang! Hey, Fred! I mean, we all know he was borrowing Daphne's scarves. This transition was only a matter of time. I'll be honest, I feel like I could just listen to these characters talk in a cafeteria all day. Their personalities just work so well off each other. Come on, sheep. You can sit with us. Yes! Go sit with the freaks! <laughs> sheep is given the loser table. Velma stands up and says they're all freaks in their own unique way, which doesn't go over well. Who you calling freak, freak? Yeah! <laughs> okay, am I crazy or that look like it really hurt? That's like the bagel from Spider-Verse, man. There should be blood coming out of that nose. Cartoon Network, the best place for cartoons. Oh, also, a uh, bad moral for kids about not getting on. Who cares? It's funny. This is why I never come here anymore. Small talk at the office was constant in these. Like this one where Ed talks to Captain Planet, having no idea who he is, pretty cleverly showing the age gap that I'm sure has only gotten bigger since this premiered. Who are you? Captain Planet! Who? I, um, <clears throat> Captain Planet! And this means what? What makes it so great is that Captain Planet was the passion project of Ted Turner, the guy who owns Cartoon Network. So mocking his creation openly kind of feels like a ballsy move. That piece of paper can be recycled and used again to make napkins, newspapers, and uh, lots of other products even more exciting than napkins and newspapers. Oh, hey, how about spitballs? I guess it shows Turner does have a good sense of humor. Shame the guy who wrote it had his house blow up a day later. But needless to say, this got a good laugh. Hey, would you stop that? Not surprisingly, superheroes did get a lot of attention. When Lex Luthor is about to drown Aquaman and Wonder Woman in... pea soup? They have this back and forth. My ability to talk with fish is of no help, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Aquaman was still the bitch to make fun of in those days. Good thing Jason Momoa would fix that up for a short amount of time. What? The Powder Puff Girls? It's Power Puff! No D! The Power Puff Girls come in to save them, though, resulting in this awkward as hell line. You girls are developing into quite the superheroes. Someday we'll be as developed as you! And if you think they're not aware of how that sounds, the rest of the promo is literally just them snickering. <laughs> Wonder Woman even covers her chest. You bet the comments were turned off on this one! Some crossovers get even more awkward, though. Okay, that's not true, I just needed a transition. But we all remember what a pain Scrappy-Doo was, and this promo exploited that to no end. Eustace Scrap. Oh, do you work here? Uh, Scrappy! Yeah, for a while now. I've been busting my hump at this network for years! Unlike the movie, though, that also made fun of Scrappy-Doo by having him, um, pee on people. Oh, God, he's peeing on me. Yeah, that's a lot of thought went into that. Cartoon Network said, hey, what if we take that and make it, you know, funny? The result is Scrappy having a complete mental breakdown as other cartoons are going to work, leaving him on the curbside. I mean, who do you think's been keeping the cartoon mystery fresh all this time? Shaggy backing away trying not to get noticed might be the funniest thing in all of these. I've been here longer than you, 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 and you! He just goes more and more insane as people either try to calm him down or avoid him. You are here today, Scrappy? You are a genius! How'd you figure that out? <laughs> Don't worry, he gets with one of Scrappy's co-workers. 
Oh, I'm not kidding. There's a bumper all about Dexter and Velma dating. How old is she supposed to be again? I can't seem to get the viscosity of this emulsion exactly right. I would be happy to help. It ends with her getting distracted by Johnny Bravo, though, who instantly wins her heart. Dinner? Sure, Johnny. How old is she supposed to be again? Seriously, they're always called kids, but they look and act late 20s. If they're supposed to be kids, how come there's a show where the gimmick is they're kids? They actually expand on Velma and Johnny's romance in another bumper, where Johnny talks about her like she was the love of his life. In a weird way, I do kind of ship it. Took her to our favorite night spot, gazed into those wobbly eyes and said, Velma, marry me, pretty mama. You and that mangy dog. Sorry, force a habit. She looked back at me with that freckled face full of love, sighed, and said, I'm sorry, Johnny, but my career comes first. And besides, if they canceled this guy, you're probably up next. Thankfully, though, he goes from a dog person to a cat person. Hey there, little mama. The seat taken. So, Fred's a bartender now? Eh, at least we know he left smoking in his bar. Speaking of ads... Car 54, car 54, we have a robbery in progress. On it, I'm gonna get factor. Right. What? During the prime spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. You know there's a robbery in progress. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. You're stopping a robbery on your to-do list? Too busy to cook this meal? You should be, because you're stopping a robbery. With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the shopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too. And skip the robbery. You're very good at that. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. I think I just saw you go by. Are you driving a factor delivery truck? They offer delicious flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from keto to calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. I can tell what your goals are. And if you're looking to mix it up, you you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. Frank, you can tell me. Has an alien taken over your mind? Quiet 22. I have a name. It's Officer 22. Head to factormeals.com slash nostalgia40 and use the code nostalgia40 to get 40% off your first box. That's code nostalgia40 at factormeals.com slash nostalgia40 to get 40% off your first box. Okay, Frank, seriously, can you stop this robbery? I already did. You did? I'm feeding them all factor right now. Oh my god, stop him! He won't shut up about it! Are you good? Gonna use the code? My hands are cuffed! If I uncuff your hands, will you use the code? Yeah, yeah, I will. Frank, I don't totally listen to will. him. It's no, a no, trick. No, do, really not totally do, do not uncuff him. Do not uncuff him. Let's do that. Doug plays Jedi Survivor every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there. With all the Fred appearances, you would think the Flintstones would be the characters these bumpers like to use the most. But more likely than not, that honor probably belonged to the Scooby-Doo characters. On top of the scrappy joke, the writers always had a good time mocking the absurdity of the criminals in the show. Because as crazy as it is to have a bunch of kids and their talking dog in a mystery machine, it's even crazier to be foiled by them. Most of them are middle-aged men. None of them are very smart. You are getting sleepy. You want a book of what? I'll take a Reader's Digest. What do you think that guy's mugshot looks like? A big part, in my opinion, of why a lot of these work is combining the animation with real life. 
It makes the comedy funnier imagining what it would be like if these characters existed in the real world. Hundreds of escape attempts have been made. None of them ever worked. I love too that because these criminals always scream everything, they can't even whisper their escape plan so the guard a mile away can hear them. What we need is some glow-in-the-dark paint. And the film projector! Dry ice. Dry ice. You know Shawshank had a couple of these characters. They probably would have won Best Picture. I learned that scaring people away from property only drives down the value if I'd only known that 30 years ago. But my parents were carny folk. Okay, I legit want to see a movie on this. These backstories are fascinating. <laughs> but nothing topped, arguably, their magnum opus, The Scooby-Doo Project. Yes, this came out when everybody was doing a Blair Witch parody, but when Cartoon Network was doing a Scooby-Doo marathon, they pulled out all the stops on these intros and outros. The old school cartoons would play like normal, but in between the commercials they would run this continuing story of the gang getting lost in the woods and being haunted. You got these snack crumbs in my sleeping bag! Maybe it's Daphne. Now why would I complain if it was me? These two styles blended so beautifully it was impossible not to get a ton of laughs out of it. My feet hurt! Well, is it our fault you wore high heels on a hiking trip? At least I try to look feminine! Again, I wasn't even that big on watching Scooby-Doo reruns as an adult, but I checked in on this just to see these bumpers. And that's Norville Rogers. It's Shaggy! Like nobody calls me normal! Well, no one that likes you. It's amazing how well this plays out, just like a usual Scooby-Doo episode, but also a parody of Blair Witch. I lost my glasses! Here we go again! Velma for crying out loud! A glasses strap? How many times have we told you? And if you cut them all together, it actually does have a beginning, middle, and end. You may not have even noticed they were supposed to be bumpers if you watch it all as one thing. Zoinks! We're never gonna get out of here! Zoinks? That's all you have to say, zoinks? Jinkies! I think we're royally zoinked! The whole collection adds up to just a little under 20 minutes. It's crazy the amount of work they put into just these little intros and outros to a poorly animated cartoon show that's decades old. It really shows the impact it had on the writers despite it being so low budget. And now, here we are years later watching this similarly low budget production with fond memories. It's so brilliant, and if you can find a collection of them all spliced together and put in order, do it. It's so worth the search. Did you hear that? <laughs> what could have just been little throwaway promos that nobody would remember is something people are still searching for and laughing at literally decades later. Where are you? Oh. Cartoon Network would also experiment with music a bit. Every once in a while they would air a short music video called Groovies, and it wasn't always what you'd think. Okay, yes, yeah, sometimes they would get someone like Coolio rapping with Dexter. Okay, that one was exactly what you'd think. Oh, and I guess Will I Am had a song with him too. Dude, did Dexter have a rap album or something? Okay, y'all don't get to give me shit about this anymore! But they would try some new things. Like there's an edit of Elmer Fudd's laugh put to music, and that's it. It's really odd, but also kind of hypnotic. I'm not gonna lie, it's kinda hard to turn away from. 
Sometimes the music videos would play on a joke, but also kind of tell a story. One of my favorites is a really catchy song called Circle, sung by Soul Coughing. I don't need to walk around in circles. They sing over a subtitled Fred and Barney, trying to figure out why their backgrounds keep repeating, and more importantly, if there's a way out. It's not only funny, but seriously, I legit really love this song. Walk around in circles, walk around in circles, walk around in. I also dig this Josie and the Pussycats video, where they take one of their songs and play it in different styles of music. It's such a simple idea, but it's really fun to watch and listen to. Though seriously, this country version is pretty damn scary. What the hell is that? But like I said, they did still have other bands do songs based on characters like Devo about Mojo Jojo. Or they might be giants about Courage the Cowardly Dog. And they were usually pretty good. They didn't feel like sellout cover songs or bands that were just doing it for a paycheck. The styles of these groups often did match the feel of the show and characters. So I'll admit, as time passed, I did start to focus on other things and didn't pay as much attention to Cartoon Network, but I do remember at one point the bumpers switching to something a bit more consistent. They pretty much make Cartoon Network look like a big city, and you would just see the characters kind of living out their lives in between commercial breaks. Hey guys, groovy ride! Wanna lift? Okay, dude, let's see what that jalopy can do! What's a jalopy? While I do like the variety of the other bumpers more, I will admit, this did add a little bit more of a continual flow. Again, it almost felt like these characters had lives outside the shows we were watching. It made them feel more real. Oops. Sorry about that. They were a bit more laid back, but honestly, that was kind of welcome. Like, the characters don't always have to do something big and crazy. They can just live their lives. Your tickets? Oh, we don't need tickets. We're Max Imaginary Friends. But I can see you. Well, you must have a great imagination. I know it doesn't sound like much, but there was kind of a coziness to it. It's a little change in pace, but I feel like it did work. I seem to have locked myself out of my car. How many geniuses does it take to unlock a car door? Why don't you use some chemical act? <laughs> There's about 10 minutes worth of these out there, and I do recommend you check them out. They're fun to watch on their own, or just have on in the background while you work on something else. Just get on down to the and after that, I really haven't kept up. Like I said, many of us are getting more and more into streaming, so I haven't really been keeping track that closely. But with that said, it is cool that a series of bumpers that were meant to only entertain for a short period of time are not only being remembered years later, but still making us laugh. If you go online, you find a lot of these compilations have over a million views, so it shows their hard work and creativity really did pay off and leave an impact. Okay, I can't say these are epic masterpieces or anything, but for the bare minimum job that most bumpers require, Cartoon Network certainly went above and beyond and showed they really cared about what they were working on. It no doubt left a gigantic mark on those that watched it every day, and even the casual viewer like me who checked in every once in a while, but still took a great deal from it. 
right, that's it. What were some of your favorite bumpers? Were there ones that came out after the time period I was talking about, or did I miss one that maybe left a big impact on you? And on top of that, would you like to see more of these? Do you want to see a special on, say, the Nickelodeon bumpers, or the Disney Channel bumpers, or the MTV bumpers? Let me know if you're interested in me checking out others, and we'll see if we can make more in the future. I'm a nostalgia critic guy, remember it? So you don't have to. Someday we'll be as developed as you! It's Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month, so for Cameos for Charity, we're doing the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. This is the world's leader in the search for a cure for cystic fibrosis and supports a broad range of research initiatives to tackle the disease from all angles. So if you want a cameo from me saying happy birthday, good luck, or whatever, click on the link in the description and be giving to a good cause. If you're like your face is ass and I hate you, well, consider giving to this charity anyway, because it's full of good people doing great work. Check them out and see what you can do to help out.